Web searching. Be a critical consumer of internet information. There are two challenges to finding information on the internet with search engines. Using search engines. 1. Knowing what keywords or search terms to enter into the search form. And 2. Knowing how to critically evaluate the information on the websites you find. The next section will help you evaluate the quality of the websites you find. To find search terms, review your notes both from this section and from Chapter 1 on becoming a student teacher slash researcher. Generate a list of terms. Then, using the instructions below, proceed with your internet search. The internet contains billions of web pages, and you need to find a small number that meet your needs. This is where search engines come to the rescue. From the nascence of the internet, its engineers and users realized that searchability was the key to making it useful. There are many search engines. Our favorite is Google. Search engines work by automatically combing the entire internet for content and indexing the results in a massive database. When you use a search engine, you enter keywords or search heads, or search leads. The index is then searched, and you are returned a list of web pages that contain your search leads. If things go well, within the first few entries of the list, you will find a web page that contains the information for which you are looking and links to related material. Ineffective searches end with either one, far too many websites to examine, or two, no websites that have the right information. The search engine itself attempts to solve the first problem by ranking the search results in various ways in an attempt to send you the best pages for a given search. Of course, this doesn't always work, but it helps a great deal. The second problem can be tricky to solve. You may need to modify your search terms so you get the right web pages. For example, Kevin throws the discus, an Olympic track and field event. When he enters discus into the Google search engine, a list is generated of thousands of web pages about a tropical fish people like to raise, known as, you got it, discus. Now what? Kevin enters discus throw and gets better results. Most people don't throw their fish. The keys to effective web searching are patience, flexibility, and knowledge about the subject you are searching for. Notice that you need to have knowledge to get knowledge. The more you know about a given topic, the more different search terms you will be able to generate, and the better your searches will become, and the better your searches become. If you are searching in an area that is brand new to you, this process will take patience and flexibility. Testing the surf, evaluating internet sources. Suppose you have a generated list of websites that seem to have the information you need. Now you need to evaluate the quality of the information you are getting. You already know that not everything on the internet is trustworthy. It's time to become a critical consumer of all that information. Most of the information regarding critical evaluation of internet resources comes from libraries, which have an important stake in seeing that people become intelligent consumers of information. Libraries also, and rightly so, see the internet as a tremendous resource both for the good and for the erroneous. As Smith writes, you must learn to always be testing the surf. Remember you are choosing to allow the authors of internet information to influence your critical question, and therefore your process of becoming a teacher. Don't invite distant colleagues who don't prove themselves trustworthy and credible. Consider the following criteria for judging internet sources. Who is the author? Is she, he qualified to write this article? What is her, his occupation, position? education, experience. What are her, his, credentials? Are the facts accurate? How does this information compare with that and other sources in the field? Perspective. Does the author have a bias? Does she, he express a particular point of view? Is the author affiliated with particular organizations, institutions, associations, etc.? Does the form in which the information appears have a bias? Is it directed toward a specific audience? 
general public, scholars in a given field, etc. Where is the information published? When was it written? Purpose. To what audience is the author writing? Is this reflected in the writing style, vocabulary, or tone? Does the material inform, explain, persuade? Is there sufficient evidence? What conclusions are drawn? Recording information from your searches. As you begin to use your search terms on the internet, be sure to 1. Record information about useful websites you visit, and 2. Continually re-examine and modify your search terms. For recording your searches, create a table. See Table 2.1. Be sure to use the Favorite or Bookmark functions on your internet browser to store the links to useful websites. Above all, let what you find online speak to you with regard to your critical question. Let your distant colleagues further define your critical question and inspire you to know more. Note the searches and terms that seem the most fruitful as you begin to anticipate your action research project. Research. Digging deeper to find distant colleagues. In completing internet searches, you have probably developed a good set of search terms. You can now apply these terms to searching databases that index the professional literature of education. Your college or university librarian is your best source of information about searching the many education databases, such as the Educational Resources Information Center, ERIC, and acquiring materials from the vast universe of professional knowledge that exists. Depending on the sources of your institution, you may be able to complete much or all of the search and acquisition process online. As with internet searches, it is important and time-saving to record and organize the results of library searches. A common academic format for compiling research information is known as an annotated bibliography. Activity. Annotated bibliography. You may use the template found on the BTAR companion website to create an annotated bibliography or make your own using the template in Table 2.2. Annotated bibliographies done well save a researcher time later in the action research process when completing data analysis and interpretation in a final action research product. Here are some suggestions for writing useful annotated bibliographies. Make certain you have all citation information. See Table 2.2 for details. Use American Psychology Association, APA formatting, or the citation format required by your instructor from the beginning rather than waiting to format when completing your final action research product. Write a concise and complete summary. Include specific points or findings. You may want to reference these later in your final action research presentation. The trick is to write enough that you do not need to return to the original source. Include any significant quotations and the page numbers where these quotations can be found that you think you may want to use later. It is not fun nor is it time efficient to scramble to find these later when completing a final action research project. Double check spelling and quotations. Are they accurate? The annotated bibliography will be used in Chapter 4 as you design your research project, in Chapter 5 as you conduct ongoing data analysis, and again in Chapter 6 during final data interpretation. Building a sense of connection through synthesizing literature and finding anchor texts. Trustworthy pre-service teacher action research shows a strong sense of connection between the teacher-researcher, the context of the project school and classroom, the project design, and the literature related to the project. Each of these elements grounds or anchors your project, providing a solid base on which to build your interpretations and conclusions. Often, teacher researchers find a single text or source in the literature that contains the major philosophical foundations, theoretical framework, or core strategies that form the foundation of their research. We call these sources anchor texts. Consider the following examples of teacher researchers finding anchor texts. Jeffrey Self-Study 
A white upper middle class male and self-described high achiever, Jeffrey's student taught in a community serving a significant minority slash high poverty population. He was shocked that on his first math exam, many students received failing grades, with an average of under 70%. Mentors and others assured him that this was normal for the students he was teaching and that he needed to modify and reteach certain concepts. After a few weeks of disappointing to Jeffrey results, Jeffrey found himself awake at night, questioning his ability to teach. At times, he found it hard to get up in the morning and commute to the high school for his teaching day. He decided to make his action research project a self-study, starting with the critical question, how do I maintain my motivation to teach when students don't seem to want to learn? While doing background research about his student population, he reread a chapter previously assigned in his education coursework entitled, Subtractive Schooling, Caring Relations, and Social Capital in the Schooling of U.S.-Mexican Youth. The chapter described, illustrated, and grounded philosophically the importance of developing caring relations in educating Latino youth, helping Jeffrey shift from assuming that good students care about school, to considering instead how to better care for students so that they will care about school. The chapter referred to the work of Nell Nottings and others on justice and caring. Nottings's work became for Jeffrey an anchor text, providing Jeffrey new language and theory in which to ground his journey. Jeffrey's experience is a reminder that self is a part of every action research project. Examine this in the Side Road Self-Study 2.1, Images of Self as Student-Teacher-Researcher, found at the end of this chapter on page 62. Activity. Synthesizing Literature. In this activity, you will synthesize literature, looking across different articles, books, or chapters in books, and other sources to find common themes and make synthesis statements. You may do this activity with as few as two or three resources. Our students often do the activity using six sources. 1. Complete an annotated bibliography for each article, book chapter, or other source, using Table 2.2. 2. Review for each article the themes you found. Note any common themes shared by two or more of the articles. 3. Note common themes on a chart. See Table 2.3. Restrict yourself to the most relevant two or three themes. Consider whether these themes are or are not related to your image of good teacher and or personal questions and concerns about teaching and learning. 4. Write each theme you are working with in the middle of its own large space on a large piece of butcher paper. We'll refer to this as your theme map. 5. Using a highlighter or pencil, mark or underline quotes and ideas that specifically relate to each of your themes. Use a different color or some other marking for each theme. 6. Map the quotes onto the blank theme maps from Step 4 showing relationships and connections between ideas. Rather than rewriting these quotes onto the map, you might consider using scissors to cut the quotes so that you can move them around before taping or gluing them to the paper. 7. Add information connecting to your theme images of good teacher and or personal questions and concerns about teaching and learning. Use information from your prior pictures of teacher and researcher, self-study interviews, study of cultural context, work-defining action research and any new thoughts and insights you may be having. 8. View your map. Write a synthesis statement summarizing your learning and how this applies to becoming a teacher. Formulating a critical question. And have the potential to improve teaching, learning, and life. Bring together your thoughts from the beginning of this section, your initial conversations with your critical colleague, and the knowledge gained from your first internet and library searches to begin drafting your critical question. Consider your areas of interest and respond to the following prompts that most seem to relate to your emerging critical questions. What role does, should, might, blank play in the classroom? 
How can I blank as a teacher? Will this teaching and learning strategy name your strategy? What happens when? How does this name this? I wonder. What are the consequences of? What is it like to? If this were changed, why does this incongruence? Why is? Spheres of influence. As you responded to the above prompts, you may be worried that your questions seem too big. Ahar, Holly, and Kasson suggest that teacher researchers consider areas of concern as a way to conceptualize critical questions. Consider a layered depiction of areas of concern, sometimes called spheres of influence. See figure 2.1. Note that we have placed self in the middle of the figure. We believe that change starts at the level of the teacher self, informed by cultural context. Now travel back through the prompts you've completed at the beginning of this section. Label the sphere of influence for each of the prompts. In which spheres of influence does each lie? Do some cut across boundaries? In what way? Making action research questions workable. What makes a workable action research question? Your action research question has the power to energize and inspire. You may not have thought about research in these terms before. See Table 2.4. Begin to see your action research as a time of excitement, transformation, and even joy as you become a teacher. The evolution of your critical question. Most of our students don't feel like they know early enough about their placements, their settings, their classrooms, and most important, themselves as teachers to create a critical question. What your action research is asking you to do is to risk a journey in which those questions, think of the meaning of the word quest, and many more, may be answered or at least better understood. In teacher action research, the questions themselves are fluid. After you formulate your initial critical question, you will return to it for sharpening, modification, and potentially a complete rewrite as your project progresses. Consider the examples of critical question evolution presented in Tables 2.5 and 2.6. Drafting your critical question. In Chapter 1, we said that all action research studies completed by student teachers have elements of a self-study. All such projects will document your process of becoming a teacher. Therefore, use personal pronouns such as I or my in your question. Begin drafting your question with, how can I as a teacher? Okay, give it a try. Draft a critical question. Your question may resemble those in the first row of tables 2.5 and 2.6 in that they will need to evolve. Go back and draft your question in two or three forms. Draft one for several areas of interest. Read the question aloud. How does it sound? We suggest that you begin the process of refining your question right away by reviewing table 2.4. Share your question with a colleague and your mentor teachers. Try it on for a few days and see if you like it. As you observe and work in your classroom, ask yourself, is this a meaningful question for me as a student teacher and for the students in this classroom? Be honest about what your colleagues and your intuition are telling you. Don't fall in love with a first draft question. Finally, a reminder, you are not trying to prove anything with your critical question. If you find proving language, such as, Will guided reading or sustained silent reading most promote reading comprehension? Revise your question. Student-teacher action research is attempting to discover something meaningful to you. Lessons you can carry with you as a professional educator that will make you a wiser, smarter, or creative, joyful teacher. After drafting your initial critical question, share it with your critical colleague and your mentor teachers. Continue to allow the questions to evolve as you are informed by your setting, coursework, and distant colleagues.
Sharpening Your Critical Question In Chapter 3, you will design an action research study to better understand your critical question. But first, consider what type of action research approach is best suited to your critical question. In Chapter 1, we presented an overview of research methodology and designs. You may want to review this section before continuing. Four kinds of action research were presented. Design research, self-study, ethnography, and curriculum analysis. See Table 2.7. We used a chart to categorize these kinds of action research, but a better visual may be a Venn diagram of overlapping circles, as shown in Figure 2.2. This diagram demonstrates how elements of design research, self-study, ethnography, and curriculum analysis are ultimately pieces of any action research project. To better understand how these approaches overlap, consider the questions posed in Figure 2.3 based on a study involving teaching math. Note how the action research question changes the methodology. In seeking answers to any of these questions, an action researcher analyzes, to some degree or another, the other questions. Choosing the actual approach has more to do with where you will focus your inquiry on self, students, curriculum, or ethnographic interactions. An additional illustration. Note how the question changes in each of the following examples, depending on the focus of the study. Using your own area of interest, complete the chart in Table 2.9 to see how each approach to action research can alter the possible focus of your study. Write a different critical question for each approach using a model given earlier in Table 2.8. Which of the above approaches best gets at your primary area of interest? Take some time to dialogue with critical colleagues, mentor teachers, and instructors to further narrow your action research. Revise your critical questions accordingly. Dissecting your critical question. At this point, you are likely still unsure about your critical question. As we said before, your critical question should remain somewhat fluid as you progress through your project. The critical question you have now will likely change as you collect and analyze data. Still, many of our students find themselves with a critical question that seems too broad, too vague, or too lacking in direction. Often, initial critical questions don't seem to add clarity, momentum, or impetus to taking the next steps in an action research project. This final activity may help you, one, identify areas of your current critical question that are problematic. Two, make changes to your critical question that bring your project into clearer focus. And three, help you visualize how your research will actually look in practice. You may work through this activity using your own critical question, or you may practice by using one of the sample questions included in Appendix D. Activity, dissecting and reformulating your critical question. You may find it valuable to do this activity with your critical colleague, in small group, or even as a whole class. One, begin with a blank piece of paper, chart paper, whiteboard, or mind mapping software, such as Inspiration. Two, write your current critical question in the middle of the page or workspace. Example, what impact does collaborative learning have on elementary school students' conflict resolution skills? Three, identify one or more words or terms you use in your critical question that seem ill-defined, vague, too broad, or simply problematic for any reason. Circle these words, phrases, or terms. Example, the critical question, what impact does collaborative learning have on elementary school students' conflict resolution skills, has a number of ill-defined terms, including conflict resolution skills and collaborative learning. Also, the term elementary school students may be too broad, given the teacher's sphere of influence. Four, start with one of the problematic words or phrases. Draw a line away from the word or phrase, extending into an empty part of the paper, giving yourself plenty of room to write. In the space, brainstorm about the term or idea, seeking to clarify what you believe the term or idea to mean. 
This is a great time to gather input from your critical colleague or others. If the term seems too vague, seek to clarify it. If the idea seems too broad, seek to narrow it. Example. In the above example critical question, we circled conflict resolution skills. A key question for the researcher to ask is, what do good conflict resolution skills look like in my classroom? Look back to your literature review materials. How do your distant colleagues define conflict resolution? If you were observing a classroom to study the conflict resolution skills of its students, what behaviors would you be looking for? Brainstorm a list of what constitutes good conflict resolution skills. 5. Examine your work. How can you use the ideas from your brainstorming to rewrite or redefine the problematic phrase or idea? It may be that your idea is too broad to work with, and so you must work with a smaller subset of the idea. It may be that the idea simply means many different things, and you need to choose the one thing that it will mean to you for the purposes of your project. Example, after brainstorming, it became obvious that conflict resolution skills is complex and encompasses many different behaviors, too many to study in one project. Especially during student teaching, one behavior of particular interest may be the ability of students to resolve their own conflicts without teacher mediation. One way this could be documented would be to investigate the amount of time spent by the teacher mediating student disputes throughout the class day. 6. Rewrite the problematic term or phrase. Your critical question should serve to guide and bound your project, while providing at the same time enough space and flexibility to allow changes of direction as your project progresses. Your critical colleagues will help you strike a balance between having a critical question that is too broad and vague on one hand and too narrow and rigid on the other. Example. One possible rewrite would be to replace conflict resolution skills with ability of students to solve in-class disputes without teacher intervention. While one way to document this could be amount of time spent by the teacher resolving disputes, including this in the critical question may overprescribe the study, unnecessarily boxing in the thinking of the teacher. 7. Repeat steps 5 and 6 with other circled terms. Example. The initial critical question what impact does collaborative learning have on elementary school students' conflict resolution skills could be rewritten as what impact does teaching social skills during collaborative learning activities have on the ability of my third grade students to solve disputes without teacher intervention? Notice that collaborative learning has been better defined to include what the teacher will do, such as teach social skills. The context has been narrowed from the two general elementary school students to the more appropriate my third grade students and conflict resolution skills has been clarified as meaning the ability to solve problems without the teacher's help. While there are still some potentially vague areas of the critical question, the new critical question makes more clear what next steps need to be taken by the researcher, such as designing the teaching of social skills during collaborative learning, finding ways to document the dispute resolution processes used by students, and so on. These steps are covered in detail in Chapter 4, where you will learn how to design your study. Summary. From this chapter, you have a clearer understanding of how we research our own issues, meaningful in our current life and practice, how we pursue critical questions that resonate with our professional community and have the potential to improve teaching, learning, and life. Discovering an area of focus and developing a critical question is an act of simultaneously discovering more about your own values and biases about teaching and learning, your school community, the specific strengths and challenges of the students you will teach, and learning from distant colleagues. A strong sense of connection is one of the elements of trustworthy pre-service teacher action research. Making such connections now enables you to begin thinking about research design and methodology.